The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of ED. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month of treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, and it's the exclusive place to enter all our contests, including our $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. What a great show we have for you today, only because... Dan Titus came to the rescue today and got me a guest. We had to we had a quick cancellation, and uh, I got to tell you, I love having friends in high places because they can give you other friends in high places. So today we welcome in Adam Koffler. He is the fantasy football redraft and DFS writer for Rotoball. He is the game day. Uh, let's see, because I got to scroll over now. <laughs> the game day fantasy pros. I mean, the guy. In, in the show notes, says it's a, he's a straight-up hustler. So, Adam, I want to say that you are a straight-up hustler. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for answering the call. Sure, Rod. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for uh, reaching out and bringing me on board. I'm happy to uh, go through some uh, players here today. For sure. Yep, Dan, Dan, again, is the hero. He is the quality control today, but uh, he is wearing a red cape that you can't see right now. Uh, he is he is the show Superman for, for what it's worth. So, all right, Adam, here is how the show works. I know that we've got you familiar before the recording, but here is how it works on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast is that we will set a clock for three minutes. We will talk down these 10 players today that will either exceed ADP or disappoint at their current ADP. Um, we're going to say draft or pass on these guys uh, at their current ADPs. So we're going to set the clock for three minutes. We're going to read them down. And at the end, we're going to let Dan fill in the blanks and correct us where we're wrong. So Adam, does that all sound acceptable to you on such short notice? Sounds fantastic, Rod. Looking, uh, <laughs> looking forward to getting started here. All right. So if you, when you hear this sound, because you will hear it for sure. That means that you have 30 seconds to wrap up your thought. And then when you hear this sound, time is up and we move on to the next topic. So with that said, I think we're going to start with some guys that uh, we're hoping exceed their ADP at their current ADP. So we're going to say draft or pass on Antonio Gibson. Let's start there, Adam. What are your feelings on Antonio on and on Antonio? How can I say that? Uh, he's going RB 13. What are you thinking? At his current ADP of RB13, I am hitting the, uh, I'm smashing that draft button. I think he exceeds ADP this season. He managed to finish as the overall RB13 in terms of PPR points per game his rookie season, despite playing on just an average of about 45% of the snaps and despite learning an entirely new position. Recall at Memphis, uh, he played wide receiver and was drafted to become a running back in the Washington football team system. 
Uh, so he had just 33 carries at Memphis uh, his entire career there. Uh, in his rookie season, he was given 17 carries from inside the 10-yard line, uh, just four less than Aaron Jones. Uh, also, Peyton Barber stole 12 of those carries inside the 10-yard line and scored four touchdowns of his own. Uh, Gibson is much better than Peyton Barber, uh, so we should expect some uh, some more carries there for Antonio Gibson inside the 10-yard line. Uh, and He should dominate uh, most of the red zone touches this season. Um, but then you might ask, what about uh, what about uh, J.D. McKissick's 110 targets in, in 2020? Can Antonio Gibson increase his 44 targets on the season, uh, and will he take some of those McKissick targets away? I think he will, and I think McKissick's targets likely came as a re- result of two things. One was sheer necessity with a tentative Alex Smith, right, checking it down, coming off of a pretty bad leg injury and, and some subpar uh, quarterbacking play there in Washington. So I think the coaching staff trusted McKissick there to pass block and be the check down guy. I think that changes a lot this year. I think Washington's a better football team, uh, potentially winning nine or 10 games this season. Um, I think that's also a product of uh, Washington easing Gibson into the league and not overburdening him as a rookie as he learned a new position. Uh, recently, Ben Standig of The Athletic said, if Washington practices reveal anything about future plans, expect Antonio Gibson to become a much bigger factor as a receiver. And this is music to the ears of fantasy managers, especially in half PPR and PPR leagues where uh, those receptions are extremely important. And recall, in 2017 and 2018, Ron Rivera gave Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, 7.4 targets per game and utilize him as an every down back. Expect Gibson's snap share to go up significantly from the 45% that it was in 2020. And I like him to be a potential top eight running back this season. So you're not worried about Lamar Miller at all, correct? (laughs) Oh, Lamar Miller. I forgot he was in Washington. I, I think Lamar Miller probably forgets that he's in Washington. As right, well. exactly. <laughs> Factoring in the mix for absolutely zero of anything. Poor Lamar. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, speaking of how the mighty have fallen, one year of this guy's hype, and I think people have had about enough of it. But uh, you, Adam, I don't think have had enough of this. And this is uh, CEH, right? Clyde Edwards Hilaire over there in. Kansas City. Uh, I was high on him to my chagrin at the end of the season. RB 16, only three spots off of Antonio Gibson, uh, but he's in that ridiculous state of Kansas City where who knows what's going to happen. So, Adam, are you high on him? Are you low on him? What are you going to do with that uh, CEH? I am high on CEH, and I'm hitting that. Uh, I'm smashing that draft button at, at an RB 16 ADP right now. Remember last season, his rookie year, when Damian Williams opted out and all of a sudden he saw an ADP, a meteoric rise of ADP all the way up to RB5 or RB6 on a lot of sites. So for all intents and purposes, CEH had a down year his rookie season, especially when we factor in that preseason hype that I just talked about. Um, This was mostly a result uh, of the Chiefs signing Le'Veon Bell his rookie season ahead of week seven, but also... uh, you know, had to do with some of the nicks and bruises and inefficiencies that he dealt with as a rookie. This season, obviously, there's no more Le'Veon Bell. There's no more Damian Williams. He's in Chicago. Uh, so this is this is Clyde Edwards-Alaire's backfield with a, a little bit of Daryl Williams and a little bit of Darwin Thompson sprinkled in. So despite getting a whopping 181 carries and seeing 54 targets last season, 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire scored just five touchdowns on one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL. And if you, if you compare the running back rush attempts from inside the 10-yard line, in 2020, they only had 22 rush attempts by running backs inside the 10. In 2018, they had 37, almost double, uh, close to double. So expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to see positive touchdown regression on his five touchdowns scored last, or I guess it was four rushing touchdowns he scored last season, uh, as opposed to the 13 running back touchdowns that were scored in 2018. So uh, I'm really, really high on Clyde Edwards-Alaire in one of the most high-powered offenses, and I really think he has got a chance to be a top-12 running back this season. I mean, that's if Kansas City decides they want to learn how to use running backs properly in that offense. I mean, it's frustrating every season to think that a a running back in Kansas City in that system is going to succeed. You draft him as such, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, Andy Reid doesn't really like to do anything other than toss out to uh, not just the the first running back, but like the third running back on the depth chart. So um, I get it. I understand. But I'm still, I don't know, man. CEH to he, me. He averaged the, fir- the first, before Le'Veon Bell came onto the team, Edwards Alaire averaged 18 carries and five targets per game. That's that's a workload of a, of a surefire RB1. Yeah, workload. Let's see the production add up to it. I, right. I get it. I get it. But at RB16, I think you're you're right in that range where that's probably the guy that you're going to get if you wait that long anyways. He's probably a good zero RB candidate if, if there ever was one, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. Speaking of somebody who you would be taking to set up your zero RB situation, we're talking about one Cooper Cup and his situation has gotten, well, I don't know. You you be the judge of that, I guess. And 2021 will certainly be the judge of how his situation is either improved and or not improved uh, with the disappearance of Jared Goff. But he is still one of two of the high powered uh, targets over there. Robert Woods, of course, being the other, but Cooper Cup going off at wide receiver 20. 21 right now in his ADP last season. I don't know, man, I, I was burned a couple more times than I wanted to by Cooper cup. What makes you so happy about him this season going into 2021? He scored just three touchdowns last season and he was still a back end wide receiver too. So I'm, I'm hitting that draft button. I'm smashing it actually at wide receiver 21. He's averaging 8.3 targets per game over his last two seasons He's now getting a major upgrade at quarterback in Matthew Stafford. So, however good or bad you think Jared Goff is, Matthew Stafford is just that much better as a as a pocket passer. Uh, and the Rams, not to mention the Rams, lost two pass catchers in the offseason, and Josh Reynolds and Gerald Everett. And while those guys aren't you know fantastic you know catchers of the football, they, they still you know got some targets. You know those targets will be picked up by other guys, but this Rams offense is going to be funneled through. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, like you said, in the passing game. Uh, in Cup's first three seasons with the Rams, he averaged a touchdown every 13.5 targets. In 2020, he averaged a touchdown just every 41.3 targets. So just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I expect positive touchdown regression from Cooper Cup uh, with Matthew Stafford at the helm. Um so if you recall, Cup finished as the PPR wide receiver five in 2019. So I don't think that 150 targets and seven or eight touchdowns is out of the realm of possibility uh, for Cup this season. Um, they're, they're already saying that there's a good chemistry between Cup and Stafford at training camp. So I don't see why a top 12, top 15 wide receiver finish uh, isn't a possibility in 2021 for Cooper Cup.
You know, and, and here's the thing about it. Like there are hardcore fantasy folks like us that we know that, right? That, that we know when we dig into it, that, that there's a better case to be made for Cooper cup than, than there seems to be, but there are casual players who have zero point of reference for any of this. And they're just listening to us for advice. So guys, here's where you set yourself apart from your other folks that don't listen to podcasts like this and that grab Cooper cup because yes, yes. The couple of seasons ago, he might've been great and last season he might have disappointed you but it's 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 the opportunities that we're talking about here that make him the steal that he is at wide receiver 21 so if you're in a home league and people are letting him fall letting him fall don't let him fall you snatch him up and be happy that you did right correct all right good um but still i don't know i may not even listen to that i may let him go i just get i when i get burned by a player i just get gun shy i don't want to take him again yeah just remember this you know you don't you don't want to you know use those uh those those times that you were burned against you in in, uh, future seasons just remember that you're right you're right all right thanks adam thanks for talking me off the ledge i'll take cooper cup again uh and if i win my league i'll thank you uh speaking of somebody that could be a, a league winner and i cannot believe when i saw this number because i had just talked him up on a video that i did a couple of, of days ago uh and we're talking about mike williams the chargers receiver he and keenan allen why do they not get any sort of respect i mean mike williams was not that bad he missed a couple of games and he actually still finished pretty good uh last season and so mike williams you're definitely taking him at wide receiver 50 right adam Oh, absolutely. Hitting that smash button at wide receiver 50. It looks like his numbers weren't as good as they were last season because on paper he played 15 games. However, three of those games he played fewer than I believe it was 40% of the snaps and had to exit a little bit early. So when he played 12 fully healthy games last season per Roto Underworld, he averaged 80% of snaps, ran an average of 36 routes per game, and saw 101.7 air yards per game. Only Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, and DJ Moore averaged more air yards per game than Mike Williams in those 12 healthy games. And while air yards aren't necessarily a predictor of fantasy success, they absolutely can help identify potential breakout players, especially on teams that throw the football deep. And what better situation than in Los Angeles where they're going to be playing in high scoring games because of that division with a guy like Justin Herbert who can air the ball out with anybody in the league. So as long as Mike Williams can stay healthy, he's going to be on the field uh, 80% or more of the snaps and has breakout candidate written all over him. A couple weeks ago, Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi predicted that Williams should have quote unquote nice numbers in 2021. And remember the Chargers third highest Target receiver Hunter Henry is now in New England, and the Chargers were fifth in the league last season in pass attempts per contest. So smash that draft button and wide receiver 50 ADP for Mike Williams because I think he can have a wide receiver three season this year. Oh, absolutely. And again, like you said, Justin Herbert, over 4,500 passing yards last last season. I mean, the guy just threw the ball, right? I mean, that that's what they had. Obviously, they have a decent uh, running running game, but the power was in that receiving game. And you're right, Hunter Henry, with those those uh, 63 targets that he had, they got to go somewhere, right? I mean, Mike Williams definitely stands to to benefit from that. And he's still got Keenan Allen on the other end. And say what you will about Keenan Allen, he's a threat. And when you've got a guy like Keenan Allen on the other side of you, that's going to funnel a couple more in there. So yeah, I, I agree. Wide receiver 50, man. If you're getting Mike Williams at wide receiver 50, I, 
you might as well just actually tell me what league you're in. Cause I want to be in that league as well. If Mike Williams Absolutely. has fallen to 50, um, speaking of a wide receiver that I don't see now, here's, here's where we're going to differ because this name right here looks to me rather suspicious. Um, and especially at his ADP going before a guy like Mike Williams, how, how Adam, can we justify Jerry Judy going off at wide receiver 39. And why do you love him there? Jerry Judy played 16 games this rookie season. Mike Williams can't play, can't stay on the field. So that's why I love Jerry Judy over Mike Williams. <laughs> but all jokes aside, Jerry Judy saw 113 targets as a rookie, catching passes mostly from Drew Locke. He also caught, actually, he didn't catch passes from Kendall Hilt, Kendall Hinton, the one game that they had to put their reserve backup wide receiver in a quarterback. If you take away that game, Jerry Judy actually averaged the same number of targets per contest as both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones last season at 7.6 per game. He had two games uh, where he saw 15 and 14 targets respectively. Per per player profiler, just 62.8% of Judy's 113 targets were deemed catchable, ranked 105th amongst qualified wide receivers last season. And people will talk about the drops issue, but Deontay Johnson also dealt with drops uh, and was still able to catch 88 balls compared to Judy's just 52 uh, receptions last season. So the hope here is that, you know, the talks out of camp are that Teddy Bridgewater looks like he's much better than Drew Locke. The hope is that Bridgewater can win this job and force feed targets to uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, Bridgewater in... 2020 with the Panthers was able to funnel 254 targets to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, uh, who were both uh, top 35 in terms of target quality when catching passes from Bridgewater. So I think that if Bridgewater is the quarterback, or maybe even I don't know Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson <laughs> potentially. Say that, yeah. I mean, we're we're, look, we're looking at a, the possibility that Jerry Judy could see 130 targets and catch 90 balls. Uh, in 2021. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers heads to Denver, I just, every draft from now until the start of the season is just going to be up ended because everybody's going to go after any Broncos that they can get. Uh, and, and for, you know, good reason too, because Aaron Rodgers is obviously an upgrade to that offense. And you pair a guy like Jerry Judy with a veteran like Aaron Rodgers, And all of a sudden it's quite literally to the moon with this guy's potential. Um, he'd obviously be the best quarterback that he's ever played with and quite certainly would be a, a giant uh, help in his career. So, but here's the thing about Jerry Judy. Uh, and, and we talked about this with the, you know, guy like Cooper cup and maybe even Mike Williams, the casual fan, right? The guy that that's not uh, spending every moment uh, scouring every website for stats. What can you tell them to soothe their nerves about drafting a guy on the Broncos? They're going to be playing from behind. They're not a very good team and they've got a division where they've got some high powered offenses. So they're going to be throwing the football and there's, there's two main wide receivers there. So I think that there's opportunity for, you know, both Sutton and Judy to see what, like I said, 125 plus targets. Um, so they could, they could absolutely both catch 80 plus passes and um, make for, you know, two wide receiver twos on that team, especially if Bridgewater is a quarterback. I think that's, that's a steal at wide receiver 39 for Judy. Absolutely. An opportunity equals, well, more than more often than not equals fantasy points. So um, definitely if you have a team that's going to be throwing a lot, 
get the receivers. So, all right, we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about folks that uh, maybe won't be as good as what their ADP is coming. Uh, This is where we're going to leave them. So uh, we'll be back right after this. We're going to pay some bills. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. They're always giving away generous promos. They got odds. They got parlays. It's all happening right now at WinBet. And look, if you get started today, you're going to receive a special offer. It's up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Of course, terms and conditions apply. You can get the details right now at wynnbet.com and download the app today. And look, We all know my favorite team, the Avs, just got knocked out by these Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, And they are right now, if you want to go to win bet and place this bet, they are plus 115 to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, they are the favorites, but doggone it if they did not have just a good series. So head over to win bet right now, place that bet. You could be a winner. And look, I'm just telling you right now, if you're feeling the Canadians, they're plus 1,000. (laughs) It's out there for you. At win bet, make sure to go to winbet.com, download the app, and place your bet. It is a fact of life that nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Well, I mean, maybe you're perfect. I think maybe you are perfect, but I know I'm not perfect. And every sports player suffers some sort of non-perfect outcome to their day. Best golfers miss putts. Uh, The best goalies miss the goal getting shot at them. It just happens, right? But look, if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, that's okay. Just like it is to miss a goal that's shot right at you in front of you and let it dribble through. Anyways, if that's bothering you, like it's certainly bothering that goalie, there are options. And that is when you go right now to GetRoman.com slash SGP. Because with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Don't even leave home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find you the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process, straightforward, discreet, nobody has to know other than you and the Get Roman rep. Uh, get started right now. It's simple. You go to GetRoman.com slash SGP, complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the pro season progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup future for $45 when the team was down three to one against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, Flipped it for 600 bucks. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So think the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. The SGPN app is alive and it is well in the App Store and the Google Play Store. The app, it gives you easy access to all of our picks and of course, all of our podcasts. Plus, the app is the exclusive way to enter the SGPN contests, including our SGPN $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Look, all you got to do, download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home $1,000. Also, don't forget to toss us an app review and of course, download the SGPN app today. 
back with more. We are going to the side of the fence where maybe we're going to stay away from some of the folks that we are going to uh, suggest coming up and talk about coming up here. We were high on these other folks. We're not quite so high on the ones coming up. So let us start, Adam, with a guy who, look, I know last season he was really good. I mean, we won't even mince words. He was okay. But he's still in a timeshare that makes us all quite nervous. And I have a feeling that I know exactly why. You are not loving one Nick Chubb at RB8 right now where he's going off. So, Adam, why don't you tell me why Nick Chubb is not a buy where he's at? Listen, if you're playing just real football, I'm buying Nick Chubb every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Right? He's one of the best pure running backs in the NFL. But sometimes that productivity does not necessarily equate to fantasy production. And Nick Chubb's a perfect example. In 2020, like you said, he averaged 5.62 yards per carry on 190 carries. That's incredible given the number of attempts. But like we said, it's all about opportunities and volume in fantasy football. And we want our we want our running backs to either be, one, a workhorse, or two, featured in the passing game to some extent. Nick Chubb really isn't, isn't either of those. He averaged 15.8 carries per game last season, which is decent, but it's not really a workhorse by any means. He also averaged just 1.5 targets per game in his first season playing under Kevin Stefanski as the head coach. For the reasons that we hate on J.K. Dobbins as a top 12 fantasy running back, so then if J.K. Dobbins' ADP is you know RB18 or so, 17, 18, why is Nick Chubb's RB8? What's more, Chubb scored a touchdown on an average of once per game compared to his first two seasons where he scored only once every two games. So it's tough to project a touchdown per game and another yards per carry average of 5.62 like he had last season. So expect at least some regression in both those categories kind of naturally. And even in 2019 when he played all 16 games, he still finished as the RB8, and that was with almost 50 targets in playing half a season without Kareem Hunt. So we've seen his ceiling without Kareem Hunt as RB8, and there's no way I can take him – if I'm on the clock with the eighth pick and it's only running backs that have gone off the board, I can't take Nick Chubb over Austin Eckler, over Antonio Gibson, over Cam Akers. I just can't I can't fathom doing it. So I love the runner, and if he drops to RB16, sure, I'm taking him. But I'm going to be fading Nick Chubb at, at RB8. It is tough. It is tough because you know that he could very well be the kind of guy that would win you championships because he. I feel like he's got that Derrick Henry-esque, and I'm no one's Derrick Henry. Let's not go that far. But I mean, he feels like a guy that could very well put up some good numbers if he didn't have Kareem Hunt nipping at his heels every couple of downs, right? I mean, it was it was almost 1A, 1B with those guys, and it was frustrating to know per week which one was going to have the better week. I mean, you knew, you knew Chubb was going to get more carries and, and really more work than a Kareem Hunt, but then every once in a while, Kareem Hunt busted on the scene and got more. So, Nick, Chubb, Nick, Nick Chubb never played more than 62% of the snaps last year in any single game. Yeah. I mean, it was frustrating, right? You pull your hair out. You you draft him at RB8, and you don't get that type of production out of him. So, yeah. There's no, ce- there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling. Nope. No ceiling. Not not with Kareem Hunt there capping it. And then just the Bears, uh, the, Bear, the Browns, the Bears, the Browns, the Browns offense in general. Uh, I guess it's the same thing at this point, right? 
Uh, all right. Speaking of another offense, uh, we're going to go back. We're going to go back to that Washington football team. We're going to talk about a guy who there's a lot of folks that are high on. I mean, there's a lot of people singing Terry McLaurin's uh, praises right now and uh, rightfully so in some cases, but Adam's going to tell you why not quite at ride receiver 12 price uh that may be a little bit too much for scary terry right adam for sure here's another case of mixing fantasy football with real life production mclaurin's an alpha wide receiver one yes but is he a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy football i don't know in 2020 he finished as the wide receiver 20 in terms of ppr points per game despite being the clear number one wide receiver in washington with no real wide receiver two to contend with for targets. I believe Cam Sims was the number two in terms of targets uh, for wide receivers in Washington. Add in the fact that Washington signed a formidable wide receiver two in Curtis Samuel and added a decent slot guy in Adam Humphreys. Uh, we're looking at uh, some possible uh, target regression for Terry McLaurin. They're not going to have to force feed him all these targets. Additionally, I think this team improves on their win total from seven wins a season ago. Um, they averaged 30, almost 38 pass attempts per game uh, last season because they were playing from behind quite, uh, quite a bit. Uh, if you project this team to win 9 or 10 games this season out of the 17-game season, then you're looking at pass volume that's likely down. In 2015, they won 9 games and only threw the ball 34.9 times per game. So almost three fewer pass attempts when they won 9 games uh, a few years back. Granted, offensive schemes change and coaching staffs change, but... You figure if the team is better, they're going to throw the ball less, which is why I like Antonio Gibson and why I don't like Terry McLaurin as much. So expect more competition for targets, a better team that's going to throw the ball less. And I'm not so sure Terry McLaurin's anything more than a, a wide receiver too. So what you're telling me is that Fitzmagic's appearance in the WFT locker room does not instantly boost every single player on that field. I mean, come on. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick. That beard alone should equate to a 1,500-yard season for a guy like Terry McLaurin. Why am I wrong? For sure. I mean, putting putting all your eggs into a 37-year-old uh, journeyman who's been on 12 different teams' basket, I mean... <laughs> there's no possible way he can elevate Terry McLaurin to like a top 10 or top 12 wide receiver. It's just, it's just not happening. The Washington football team's offense has way, you know, way better weapons than they had a season ago. So you got McLaurin, you got Samuel, you got Humphreys, you got Logan Thomas, you got Antonio Gibson, you got JD McKissick. There's so many guys there. There's no way they're going to force feed Terry McLaurin the football. Yeah, I think Logan Thomas takes a huge step up this year, too. And I think really, again, with Fitzpatrick in there, it kind of does boost his value because you're right. I mean, as much as, as we love to tease and, and love to have all the Fitzmagic hype, um, he's probably not going to be uh, slinging it all the way around. He's going to have to stay close to home. So, yeah, Logan Thomas definitely takes a huge boost. Terry McLaurin, not at wide receiver 12 as far as Adam is concerned. Let's move on to the Bay, where I am very close to and a very favorite team of mine. Houses one, Brandon Ayuk, and he is coming off of a, a rookie season that was hyped, um, but now, I don't know. I mean, the future for San Francisco, I, I, I mean, as a Niner fan, I'm a little scared too, but at, at wide receiver 25, there's a lot of hype around him, and I'll get into another guy that, that's in that uh, same receiving core, but why are you not taking Ayuk, Adam, at wide receiver 25? Yet again, another instance where the the player does not the 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 real life value of the player does not live up or the fantasy value does not live up to the real life uh, hype of the player 
it was really a tale of two seasons for Ayuk and his rookie campaign with the 49ers last season. The uh, the twenty tw- the the first round pick uh, flashed moments of brilliance throughout the season, but was most effective when both Debo Samuel and George Kittle were off the field. In fact, Ayuk averaged nine point four targets per game in eight games he played without either one of Samuel or Kittle. In comparison, he averaged just five point three targets per game in the four games that they were both active. So. You see right there when Kittle and Debo Samuel Samuel were on the field, Ayuk just didn't wasn't force fed the targets like you'd like him to be uh, in the other games that one of those guys missed and he saw almost nine targets per game. The 49ers really under Kyle Shanahan want to run the football and could become an even more run heavy attack if and when Trey Lance takes over as a starter for Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo has only played more than eight games in like one season in his career. There's there's no way. One, that even if he does start the season out healthy and as a starter, that he's going to make it any more than, you know, six, seven games this season. Trey Lance ran the ball 10.6 times per game in his sophomore season at North Dakota State. In comparison, the 49ers starting quarterbacks in 2020 rushed just 1.6 times per game. So you have to imagine that this offense is going to run the football more by default because they have a quarterback that you don't want to take away one of his primary weapons in running the football. So you only get a certain amount of plays per game. So right there, the volume could drop. So the upside is capped, not only if Trey Lance is the quarterback, I think, but also if Debo Samuel and George Kittle remain healthy throughout the season. So instead of targeting him as a wide receiver, 24, 25, I'm thinking Ayuk is more like a, you know, a, a top 35 or so wide receiver, more so than a low end wide receiver too. Yeah, I'm seeing him go a little bit later now as as the season gets closer. I, I've saw him, you know, go early uh, when I guess what April, May, people starting to draft. But uh, yeah, I've started to see his his ADP drop a little bit, and maybe for good reason because I think Debo Samuel uh, obviously is a better play than Ayuk, and really none of them are actually as good as they should be right now. Kittle may be the only pass catcher I'm really going after, and at his price right now. I'm still staying away from Kittle um, because until we know exactly what's going on with that San Francisco quarterback position, like you said, I mean, it's it's Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but how long? And and for me, I'm still a little bit unsold on Trey Lance just from a raw talent standpoint. I, I just, I don't feel like pushing him into the starting point is going to do anybody any good. And, you know, you got to, I think you have to sweat out a full season of Jimmy Garoppolo if you're San Francisco. Um, but we'll move on because I could talk about the Niners all day and that's not what we're here for. Uh, we are here now to talk about Will Fuller in his new home in Miami wide receiver 35. I mean, look, Dan's making a face over here. You guys can't see it, but that that's its face. I'm making wide receiver 35 for Will Fuller. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if I can even go that high. Adam, I know you certainly can't go that high. So please make the case for why Will Fuller is not uh, a good buy at wide receiver 35. It's Listen, it's not that Will Fuller isn't a solid wide receiver or that he doesn't have blazing speed. Everybody knows those things. It's that he finds himself in a completely different situation than he was a season ago. So looking at what he did last season and looking at what he possibly could do this season is doing your projection a complete uh, injustice. So naturally, his outlook for 2021 has to change. In 2020, with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback with the Texans, Fuller saw almost seven targets per game. He turned that into 879 yards and eight touchdowns. Fuller caught those eight touchdowns in just 11 games. At that rate, he would have caught almost 12 touchdowns last season. 
which would have been good for 35% of all Deshaun Watson's touchdown passes. Fuller and Brandon Cook saw by far the highest concentration of targets and touchdowns in Houston due to the obvious lack of options in the passing game there. Things are about to be way different in Miami where they just drafted Jalen Waddle to his old teammate uh, with the sixth overall pick, and they pair him with a plethora of solid pass-catching options, including Devontae Parker, Mike Jacecki, even a guy like Lynn Bowden Jr., who came on at the end of the last season, and Will Fuller. So between Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2020, the Dolphins threw just 24 touchdown passes a season ago. Recall, right? The, the, all those touchdowns that Will Fuller caught in 2020 with uh, the Texans. Uh, even 20% of those 24 touchdowns, Will Fuller would have only had five touchdowns if he was playing for the Dolphins uh, in, in 20, uh, 2020 much less than the projected 12 that he would have caught from Deshaun Watson. So the, the number of, of uh, pass-catching options in Miami mixed with the unknown of, you know, who's going to be two as primary uh, number one kind of target. I mean, who's to say it's not Devontae Parker? Who's to say it's not Jalen Waddell? So at wide receiver 35, you're, you're expecting Will Fuller is going to be the alpha there as he's being drafted ahead of both Waddle and Parker at the moment. And I just, I just don't see it. And I just don't see him catching more than five, six, seven touchdowns maximum. There's no way he's catching 10 touchdowns this season. Well, let's play devil's advocate here. Let's say that he does come on the scene. He does bring with him all of his blazing speed. And let's say that he does quickly become better than Parker, better than any of the other guys, better than Waddle. Uh, and, and Tua does look to him. If that's the case, and if somebody is wanting to go there, uh, I mean... Maybe they want to grab him at 35. Maybe they want to secure him. I mean, it's get your guy, right? If you really feel like Will Fuller is going to be that guy, get your guy. Um, and, and you'll probably find him in that 35 range. What, the wide receiver three, kind of a flex option. Um, I don't know that that's too bad of a buy, but again, it's the Dolphins. I, I don't know if I trust the Dolphins at all. Anyways. Yeah, for example, I'm taking Jerry Judy at wide receiver 39 over Will Fuller at wide receiver 35, if that, if that helps put it in perspective. I, I think it helps put a lot of things in perspective. Uh, all right, so let's move on, and we are going to move on to uh, another Florida team where, oh, God help us, um, I'm not even touching this guy with a 10-foot pole, so I, I agree with you on the pass. I know Adam wants more friction on this show, but I can't. I can't make a case for Leonard Fournette, especially at running back 33, when I don't even know that the Buccaneers are going to make a case for Leonard Fournette on the team. So Adam, tell everybody exactly why Leonard Fournette is an absolute pass at uh, running back 33. About two months ago, I actually touted Leonard Fournette as a possible um, top 25 guy heading into 2021. That was before the Giovanni Bernard signing. And while the Giovanni Bernard signing might seem insignificant to a lot of people, what is Giovanni Bernard good at? Giovanni Bernard is good at uh, coming in on pass catching downs and being a blocker and a pass catcher out of the backfield. And what's Leonard Fournette good at? Those exact two things, right? Leonard Fournette's not a good running back at this very time. He averaged just 3.8 yards per carry last season. His bread and butter was his use in the passing game for the Buccaneers last season. Uh, in the playoffs, he averaged 5.3 targets per game and 4.5 receptions on those 5.3 targets when he went into full playoff Lenny mode. And Bruce Arians was was giving him sixty to seventy percent of the snaps, but you know, basically Bernard is coming in and he's taking half of that role, likely. Whereas 
Ronald Jones still has the role of the first and second down uh, rusher all to himself. So if you're going to take one of these Buccaneers running backs, give me Ronald Jones at his ADP over Leonard Fournette at his ADP of RB33. I'd rather have guys like Javante Williams, James Conner, Zach Moss, Michael Carter, and Gus Edwards, all who currently have an ADP of uh, uh, worse or higher than Leonard Fournette. Well, and you add to that the fact that Tom Brady is going to be throwing the ball all over the place anyways. I mean, he's got two high-powered receivers in Godwin, in Evans. It's just, and he did last season. I mean, again, that running game was more of an afterthought than anything. And, you know, you wanted a guy like Fournette to succeed. And, and when he had big weeks, he had big, big weeks. It wasn't like, you know, he was he was completely useless, but he didn't have those big weeks as often as we'd like. And even worse is when you were trying to trust Ronald Jones in that mix, because Doggon if Ronald Jones did not just I mean I drafted Ronald Jones and I thought okay great this is going to be Tampa's uh, running back and then Lennon Fournette screwed everything up and really continued to screw it up all season long and I think that is where he's at. He's a disruptor. He's not and you like you said with Gio Bernard I mean they didn't improve their running back situation at all there. Listen I mean this this offense is going to be humming this season with uh, in Tom Brady's second season Bruce with Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay if anybody's the running back to get it's Ronald Jones I think he's much better and I think this offense is going to be leading a lot of the time so last year when they were trying to figure it out that's when Leonard Fournette came in to protect Tom Brady. I like Ronald Jones way more than Leonard Fournette this season. Yep, and I don't like any of them, so uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you, I wouldn't. I'm not touching any of them. So, uh, all right, Dan Titus, our quality control, he's been sitting very patiently waiting for his opportunity to get in. I, I know. I see him licking his chops. He's he's ready to to insert knowledge and drop where we went wrong. So, Dan, you got five minutes on the clock, my friend, to clean up this mess that I made of this show, and it begins. I'll be honest, man. I am. Adam was bringing the heat today and, you know, I'm sitting here trying to fact check him on all these target shares, the snap counts. I mean, what I thought was a sea of hot takes, man, he was he was extremely accurate. And I'm just going to kind of go down the list here. We'll start with the smashes here. And this, I, I have a couple of disagreements. You know, I'm not very high on Mike Williams. I never have been. He's one of those guys that I feel like every time you have him on your roster, rostered on your team, he goes off when he's on your bench, and when you start him, he throws up a dud or he gets hurt and leaves the game. Um, but just some encouraging words from the now uh, offensive corner up, offensive corner of the um, the Chargers, Lombardi suggested that he's looking to go more up tempo and no huddle. And the Chargers actually only played no huddle. Um, Three point seven five percent of their offensive plays last year. So you're expecting. Justin Herbert to take that next step. You have Austin Eckler there as well as the target monster, Keenan Allen. There's probably going to be some more opportunities that you'll see Mike Williams take that next step. However, some some discourage some uh, discouraging numbers that we have from Williams is while he ranked number nine in average target distance at 14.8 last season and number 12 in deep targets. 15 yards per reception or 15th in yards per reception at 15. He only caught the ball 56 and a half percent of the time, 90th among active qualifiers at that position, while only seeing a minuscule 18 percent of the target share, which was 125 among active qualifiers. So while Adam is really high on him taking that next leap and actually playing 
you know, consistently and being that wide receiver three to potentially have wide receiver two potential. I don't know if I see it just being that he's going to be still competing with Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen for targets, but we should see some improvement with Hunter Henry out of the way. Now let's get to Jerry Judy. I mean, I, I can't, I, I think he's definitely undervalued where he is currently ranked and you figure we're all waiting for the news. Is it going to be, uh, Deshaun Watson this is going to be Aaron Rodgers. We don't know that. We would what we do know now it's Teddy Bridgewater, and this guy did allow to or he did um, have two thousand yard receivers on his team last year, and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So if Adam threw out the number, if Sutton and Judy see around one hundred twenty five targets, that's uh, pretty good, you know. And he, I think Adam said that he would have a, at least eighty catches, which is like about a sixty four percent catch rate. Only problem is. Uh, Jerry Judy had a 46% cash rate last year. Yeah, Drew Luck was throwing him the ball and some, you know, from uh, in street clothes wide receiver that never got any burn after that. But if we're looking and comparing uh, similar attributes, I think Jerry Judy is more of the mold of DJ Moore than Robbie Anderson. And, and DJ Moore only saw a 56% catch rate with Teddy Bridgewater last year. So while he's very high on him, I would say temper expectations a bit that that number may not be as high, but certainly possible. And then we'll get to my last guy, the fate of Nick Chubb, I'm on board with this, man. And it's it's crazy, the, the the knowledge that Adam was spewing on this. And indeed, you know, Kareem Hunt is a real threat to this guy's fantasy value. And he was Hunt outsnapped Chubb in five of 12 games last season where they were both healthy. That's not someone I want to pay up for RB8 for. Um, as well as, you know, Adam was really hammering down on the lack of receptions for Chubb. And it can't be denied, Kareem Hunt soaked up. 51 of the 79 targets in Cleveland last season with Chubb only seeing 18. So not something to get excited about, but yeah, you guys crushed it today. It was awesome listening to the the smashes and the passes. And I think this is really going to be a help for anyone doing redraft this year on who to fade and, and really who to, to, to really target um, for value plays relative to their ADP. Man, with a minute to spare, look, Titus is is nothing if not efficient, my friend. That is uh, that is great quality control. And here's what I'll say I'll add on to that. You know, this isn't just redraft too. I mean, I get that this is where all this is going, but look, you guys can use a lot of this stuff too in your dynasty thoughts or, you know, who to try to grab from folks that maybe are undervalued, um, you know, hitting those, trade, those trades. Because man, this is my first year doing dynasty and everybody loves to trade. I, I don't know what it is, but boy, trading is 100% like I've gotten so many trade requests over the last, I don't know, month that I've never gotten from actual redraft trades. So uh, if you're that, if you lean that way and you want to start trading, these are some of the names that you can either try to get rid of or try to, to gain. So, um, all right, guys, that, that'll do it for the list. Uh, Adam, what I want you to do now is tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, you got five minutes to tell everybody where no i'm just kidding well i mean it's gonna take that long for you to to tell everybody where you're at but uh he's, he's a very busy man very busy man so adam go ahead and tell where they can find you and uh we'll, we'll close it up with dan telling everybody too you can find me on twitter at adam koffler um like uh rod said in the beginning right for roto baller the game day and fantasy pros so you can find some of my player profiles that i'm working on currently for nfl also do some uh, NBA DFS stuff as well. Um, so all my content's really on, on those three platforms. Then I, I'm pretty uh, busy on Twitter uh, at Adam Koffler. 
All right. Thanks for joining Adam. Dan, tell everybody where they can find you if they're not already, which they should be if they listen to this show. Well, I appreciate that, Rod, and, and also follow the homies as well. Um, you can find me at Dan Titus, um, at Dan Titus. And, you know, I'm, I'm writing for the SGPN Network, still writing for Fantasy Pros as well for fantasy football content. Similar to Adam, we actually host a podcast together called The Stretch Four. So if you guys are looking for basketball knowledge throughout the offseason and going into next season, for sure hit us up. Um, we've got some really excited stuff coming our way um, or coming out that way um, in the future. So, yeah, hit us up on Twitter, man. Adam's like one of the best follows out there for fantasy football, constantly dropping knowledge and really unique granular stats that you probably wouldn't be thinking about and can really help you win your fantasy league. So any he, he, he will say it's more mostly targeted to redraft, but you know, we can get into dynasty conversations later. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right. And with that, folks, thanks for joining the show. Again, thanks to Adam. Thanks to Dan. Thanks for being the savior of the show this week, Dan. And thanks to Adam for answering the call. Of course, you can always subscribe to this podcast anywhere where you get your favorite podcast. And now on the SGPN app, go leave a review. Go tell everybody how awesome Dan and Adam are and how much you don't like me. And again, thanks for listening. Until next time, everybody, let it ride. Not an option. We've built our walls. It's our shit.